this is going to be a little bit controversial, but I think flash fiction is the strongest of the literary genres right now because it's, it's still trying to figure out what it is. You're listening to Show Your Work, the podcast where I, Tyler Barton, take a piece of flash fiction that I really love, I find the author, I sit them down, and I make them tell me all about how it was made, line by line, word choice by word choice, backspace by backspace. I want to know it all. So today I have Kai Tanaka, and he's talking about his story, Volleyball, originally published in Nanofiction 9.1, and it's probably the shortest one that I've done for this first season of the podcast. It's maybe 150 words maybe 200 it's definitely a one pager and it's just stark it's simple the sentences are direct and i was really interested in how this style contributed to the mood and feeling of this piece it it seems as though the style is what takes um, kind of the anecdote of the piece and turns it into a whole story here's kai and also the sentences i was like noticing is the sentences are like very uh they're like blocky. There's not even that many compound sentences. So I'm driving the school bus to a volleyball tournament 40 minutes away at Little Wound School in Kyle, South Dakota. It's only me and eight middle school girls on the trip. They're sitting in the very back of the bus laughing about things that are none of my business. When I, when I first started writing like an undergrad, I, I, I was reading a lot of Ernest Hemingway because I didn't know nothing. So I was like reading a lot of Hemingway and I was trying to mirror his sentence structures like of his early stories and he doesn't use a lot of commas like and I, I didn't know how to use commas like I didn't know the rules for using commas so I just didn't use them <laughs> so I, I wrote like this is how I wrote back then so it's I mean not I, I, I wouldn't have been able to write this story back then I watched the Buttes and the Badlands whip by in the autumn heat I watched the games from the bleachers so this is like, yeah, the reservation is like a pretty hopeless place um, to live. It can be, but um, adjuncting is pretty hopeless. <laughs> so, so the the like the no, they're nothing related. The the world of adjuncting is it's this is actually more of a story about adjuncting than it is about the reservation. Because yeah. I, I, I lived on Indian reservation when I was like when I, after I finished undergrad for two years, I wanted to write like a collection of like of like sort of like linked stories. Every day I would write a complete reservation story for like I don't know like six months or something so I have like you know like a hundred of these and some of them were good and some of them were shitty and so I, I, I kept the ones that were good and um, so this was just one day of writing and I don't really remember the day to be honest and it was my first semester like adjuncting like I never like I so just finished my MFA and I was thrown into work in a town I like didn't know I didn't know anybody and I had all, like, I was teaching, like, six classes, which I, I never taught that much before. And so it was, like, every day I was, like, I was, I was trying to write this book. So I was, like, I'd, I'd, like, get up early. I'd go to, like, commute into, like, Chicago to teach and, like, go to class and whatever. And, uh, and at night I was, like, I was so, like, wiped out. Like, every night I was, like, wiped out. And so, like, these stories are written all just total exhaustion. I drink some coffee, which someone has left in the lounge for chaperones and bus drivers. So one of, one of my jobs on the reservation was I was a school bus driver, and so like we were we were teachers, but like it was like through an AmeriCorps program, and part of our job was to drive their school buses. So like when I was driving the morning bus runs, I'd wake up at like four, four in the morning. It was like ridiculous. Like in the winter, it was like dark and freezing, and you go start the bus. The bus has to warm up for a half hour, and then uh, you, you get on the road in the dark, and then you watch like as you're driving through the Badlands to get your first pickup, like the sun comes up over the Badlands and it's this just beautiful, beautiful thing and this kind of like miserable 
impoverished place. And somewhere there is an ocean full of salt and empty spaces. There are arctic forests and deserts. And there is the fist of night. Yeah, there's no place like it. I mean, it's the, the, the reservation is, uh, I mean, they gave the, the Lakota tribe like the shittiest land in, in South Dakota. You know, it's not like, they don't call it the Badlands because they're great for growing things. Like, they're, it's a shitty place to live. But the other thing too about these stories is, I kind of like, after I wrote them, I was reflecting on them and they, like I, I bumped into one of my friends from the reservation. I was sort of telling him about these stories. He got really mad at me. Cause yeah, I mean, he felt exploited. He felt like I was exploiting our friendship and all the relationships I, I, I had there. And, and just the feeling of it, I think, just white people coming and then taking things and leaving, you know? And this, in this case, it wasn't, it was like stories that I took, but I still don't know how to feel about that. Cause on the one hand, they're my stories, but on the other hand, you know, I, I, I get how he feels. Are they published, like, as a collection? Uh, they're not published as a collection. Actually, so I had to kind of make a, I had to make kind of an executive decision with those. Ultimately, I, I just decided it wasn't appropriate. Like, they, they work really well as stories, and I'm, I'm really proud of them, you know. I don't think that serves what they want to be, I guess. And I was just imagining, like, what, what do you write on the back of a book like that? Like, right. this, like, depressed white guy living on an Indian reservation. Like, just, it doesn't sound good, you know. The stories themselves, I think, are good, and I, I like them a lot, but I don't write them anymore. On my way to the bathroom, I find one of the girls from our school in an alcove with a boy I don't know. His hand is inside her sweatpants, caressing between her legs. I worried a lot about this, this sentence, the, the sort of like the most shocking sentence, his hand is inside her sweatpants, caressing between her legs. There was like a, mo a much more explicit version, and then there was a much more like uh, nerfed version of it. And I went back and forth on that for a long time because you, you wanted to sort of punch on the one hand. You want it to be like like kind of shocking, but you don't want it to be like gross. Um, and so that's the sentence. I don't know if it's my favorite sentence, but it's probably the one I worked on the most. All three of us jump, but it is half dark. And though I can see them clearly, I pretend and walk past. When I come out of the bathroom, they're gone. I look at the way the sentences sound. I mean, I did a lot of work with poetry when I was in my MFA. I, I learned a lot about that. And I, I don't, like, scan my, my sentences, but I, I do think about the way they sound next to each other a lot. Especially a story like this, I, I worry about word choice a lot. Like, I, I rewrote that last sentence in the second paragraph, like, a bunch of times to get that, like, to get that, like, I drink it sentence out. Oh, yeah. um, and I, it took, like, two or three revisions before I could get, like, a sentence that had all the information I wanted in it, and it sounded good. I drink some coffee, which someone has left in the lounge for chaperones and bus drivers. It's like a real challenge, but I like that stuff. I like sentence-level writing, and I, I mean, for, for me, there's a lot of writers who, who don't really enjoy revision, um, but I, I like to do kind of like a, a, a quick draft and then return to it maybe a couple weeks later and, and just kind of read it and read it and read it and read it and fix a little, like maybe two or three things each reading until I really get a sense of the package of the story. That's why I, I like to do like so many stories like so this I think I wrote like 100 stories just for this collection I think maybe out of them 20 have seen the light of day because I don't like making structural revisions to stories so basically when I get it like done on the first day once it's done like that's the, that's the form it's going to take and, and if, the, if that form is not good then it's just, I won't go forward with it I think about them that night in my trailer trying to sleep and somewhere there is an ocean full of salt and empty spaces I talk a lot about flash fiction, I like, I'm a big advocate of flash fiction, but what I like about flash fiction is I don't think there are uniform things that flash fiction is supposed to do. Like, this is, that's what I like about it. I think it's like, it's a form that's given to experimentalism, I think. 
and so to say that you know you need a compelling twist at the end or you need like a you need a, a strong voice or a strong character or because you know no matter what kind of rules you set up there's going to be exceptions that work really well there are arctic forests and deserts and there's the fist of night I have trouble talking about like intention with stories because like I don't I don't really try to make them anything like my my constant like my biggest struggle is like knowing how to value your own work like especially like me I, I write a lot of stories like a lot, a lot of very short stories so like out of you know 50 stories I'll look at and I'll be like which ones of these should I be submitting which one of these should I just like hang on to and which one should I try to put in a book you know like I don't know how to value them because the stories mean something to me that they don't mean to other people. And there's the sound of the highway behind my trailer. And now here's Kai Tanaka reading his story, Volleyball in Full. Yeah, so this, this is volleyball. I'm driving the school bus to a volleyball tournament 40 minutes away at Little Wound School in Kyle, South Dakota. It's only me and eight middle school girls on the trip. They're sitting in the very back of the bus laughing about things that are none of my business. I decide not to keep an eye on them, or I don't want to, and so I watch the buttes and the badlands whip by in the autumn heat. I watch the games from the bleachers. Some of the parents have driven up separately, and they are here wearing our school colors, shouting at their girls. I drink some coffee, which someone has left in the lounge for chaperones and bus drivers. On my way to the bathroom, I find one of the girls from our school in an alcove with a boy I don't know. His hand is inside her sweatpants, caressing between her legs. All three of us jump, but it is half dark, and though I can see them clearly, I pretend and walk past. When I come out of the bathroom, they're gone. I think about them that night in my trailer, trying to sleep. And somewhere, there is an ocean full of salt and empty spaces. There are arctic forests and deserts, and there is the fist of night, and there is the sound of the highway behind my trailer. Thank you so much for listening to Show Your Work. This has been a production of Fear No Lit and me, Tyler Barton. Um, I want to thank Kai for doing this interview. We met at AWP for the first time and in a um, back in March of this year at in Washington D.C. and it was a, an excellent time. So um, I thank him for that, and I thank Nano Fiction, of course, for publishing this. I know they're they're defunct now, but you can still check them out and get back issues. It's excellent microfiction. Be sure to check back in next month when we'll have a new episode up. And if you're interested in interviewing for the second season, get in contact with me. Thanks. Bye.